0: what's up buffalonians it's your boy nick english if you want the facts the stats and all the sports info in the 716 you have come to the right place this is english encore buffalo's favorite sports channel i'm your host nick english i greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for this episode and i appreciate all the support everyone's been giving both here on Spotify and on my Instagram page if you haven't done so already if you can go give me a follow at English Encore podcast on Instagram be greatly appreciated you can go and check out my interview I did yesterday with Laney College head football coach John Beam he was featuring last chance you this past season on Netflix really great conversation if you want to go check that out it's about 40 minutes just click the IGTV section of my page I have merchandise on my page as well. If you want to check that out, you can email me or DM me on Instagram. My email is in the description of, of my bio on Instagram as well. Today, I'm going to be going through three NFL coaches that already through only two weeks deserve to be fired. Going through the NBA as we are approaching the NBA Finals as both the Miami Heat and the LA Lakers are just one game away from meeting And then I'll be going through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're three games in and who I think is ultimately going to win that series. But starting off with the NFL and coaches that I feel deserve to be fired three weeks in. um, You know, there's definitely a a lot more coaches than just three that are on the hot seat. Or you could even argue that should be fired. Um, The three coaches that I'm going to discuss today is the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn. Doug Peterson of the Philadelphia Eagles and Matt Patricia of the Detroit Lions. So, starting off with Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. 0 2 to start the season. Um, to be quite honest with you, I don't even know how Dan Quinn made it to the plane last week without being fired. Um, you know, he's been mediocre every season since they made it to the Super Bowl and blew that lead to the New England Patriots. Um, they were up 20-0 to and 29-10 to at, at different points against the Dallas Cowboys last week. They were up 39-30 to with five minutes left. And still managed to lose the game after the team couldn't recover an onside kick by the Dallas Cowboys. And they ended up going down and getting a game-winning field goal. Um, you know, I just think at this point, you know, Dan Quinn's time has run out. The Atlanta Falcons clearly have never been... The same team ever since they, you know, had that giant debacle in the Super Bowl. You know, Matt Ryan's getting up there in age, but still producing at a high level. You obviously have one of the best receivers in the game in Julio Jones. Kelvin Ridley is continuing to ascend into being a young star at the wide receiver position. Russell Gage has surprised some people. You know, Todd Gurley hasn't been great, but he hasn't also been bad either. Um, the offense is clearly doing its job, um, putting up tons of points. The defense... Something that Dan Quinn pretty much specialized um, when he came into Atlanta really has not been there. And I think it's time for them to pretty much move on. And honestly think that another loss this week will probably end his tenure as the Atlanta Falcons head coach. Um, Doug Peterson. This one I think people might be a little bit surprised by. But it's almost the same type of thing. I feel oftentimes, especially in the NFL, when a coach can lead you to the playoffs Where you make a deep run or you have a Super Bowl appearance, you buy yourself time before the floodgates open as far as firing. You know, you look around the NFL. You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars who, you know, a few short seasons ago made a remarkable run to the AFC Championship behind that stellar defense. And, you know, Doug Marone's the head coach. And for some reason, Doug Marone's still the head coach in Jacksonville when he probably shouldn't be based on the amount of first-round picks they've had and are now gone you know, just the team overall, the players, I feel like, don't speak very highly of him. You look at Marvin Lewis when he was on Cincinnati Bengals, a guy who can never get it done in the playoffs, but they continue to keep him there year after year after year. Uh, but it just becomes a point when even if you're having enough success to get your team to a playoff, it goes stale and you need to just move on and start fresh. Um, you know, Doug Peterson, I think, is actually a very good coach. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Foles. And to me, the reason I think Doug Peterson needs to go is he just seems like the players don't like him. The players can walk all over him. There's been many reports that Peterson doesn't even show up to practices on time. Um, He, you know, just doesn't command the locker room like a head coach does. And if you listen to anyone on ESPN, you know, first take, whatever it may be, they talk about it constantly that Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson have such a great relationship with um, the GM of the Eagles that they kind of just get to do whatever they want and I'm telling you something now Carson Wentz has not been worth any of the money that the Eagles have given him thus far Um, he was going to be an MVP if he never got hurt and he probably maybe would have led them to a Super Bowl the year Nick Foles did had he not gotten hurt but so far through two games Carson Wentz thrown for 512 yards two touchdowns and four interceptions including a terrible loss after being up 17, nothing against the Washington football team. They got blown out by the Rams. Um, and I just think that for the Philadelphia Eagles with that strong of a fan base, you know, and you know, a team that means a lot as far as the NFL is concerned. Um, I think it might be time to move on from Doug. If he doesn't get this turned around, especially when you have the Cowboys in your division, you know, the Washington football teams already got a better record than you. You're 0-2. Even the Giants, you know, even without Saquon and stuff, seem like they're putting up more of a fight against teams than you are, though. This thus far in the season, um, if he can't get some wins here soon and they miss the playoffs or something, I think this could be really bad um, for Doug Peterson. And then Matt Patricia, I've talked about him before when I've brought up these kind of segments on my podcast. He's just another one of those coaches that just because you worked with Bill Belichick does not mean you are going to be a good head coach. You know, Joe Judge, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's only been a few games in. You know, he just lost his best player to the season. It seems like the guys actually buy into what he's saying. You know, we've already seen what Josh McDaniels has done when he's gone away from New England, and it didn't go so well. Um, I just think that Matt Patrice is a little bit in over his head as a head coach. I think he's much more well-served at a, you know, coordinator position he just makes so many late game mistakes as a head coach that you can't even i don't know how he still has his job you know i think the lions organization made it very clear that this would be his last year if he couldn't get the job done and i wouldn't be surprised he gets fired way earlier if they continue to lose the way they have i mean they could have won week one had deandre swift not dropped that game winning touchdown but It should have never gotten to that point. Matt Patricia was making so many mistakes offensively and defensively down the stretch of that game as a head coach that he didn't deserve to win that game. And I think he's much better off just going back to his job, you know, coaching defense for New England or finding another coordinator job elsewhere. Um, I just don't think he has the makeup to be an NFL head coach and his record and performance by his team state that so far. So those are three coaches I think are very much on the hot seat and deserve to be fired. Um, in my opinion, I mean, you could easily throw guys like Adam Gates into this conversation, but I feel like that's just a little too easy. Uh, but these are the three guys I would definitely be looking out for in the next at least week or two. If their teams continue to struggle to be um, fired, moving on to the NBA, as I mentioned before, the both the Miami heat and Los Angeles Lakers are looking like they are potentially going to be meet, meeting in the NBA finals. Um, they're both up 3-1 to one after the Lakers defeated the Nuggets last night to take that 3-1 series lead. Um, for the Lakers, Anthony Davis seems like he's finally coming to life after a little bit of a down series against the Rockets. I wouldn't say he played bad, but um, I think you're finally seeing what Anthony Davis can do on full display um, next to LeBron James. They look like they're the best team in the world. Um, you know, To me, the biggest thing with the Los Angeles Lakers, though, has this been a complete 180 different team since Rajon Rondo's comeback? You could say what you want about Rondo as a teammate, um, his on and off the court stuff, but you know Rondo's been a catalyst of why the Lakers are where they're at right now. Um, he's providing them great minutes off the bench. Um, you know their bench isn't the best in the world, but Rondo's come in, delivered multiple double-digit scoring performances, lots of rebounding, lots of assists, really can get the flow of the offense going if Anthony Davis or LeBron isn't on the court, which is exactly what they're going to need um, if they go up against a Miami or a Boston. Um, I do think the Nuggets are still going to make this a series and potentially take this six or seven games. But right now, even though Jamal Murray is playing at an extremely, extremely high level and he's one of the best players in the world right now, Um, Paul Millsap and Gary Harris have been just absolutely horrible um, in this series. Paul Millsap hasn't existed at all. Um, To be quite honest with you, I don't know why Gary Harris continues to be in the starting lineup. I honestly think that either Monte Morris or Michael Porter Jr. deserves a shot in that starting lineup just based on the past few games. Um, You're talking about two starters that are combining not even getting you 10 points a game some games. And the amount of money you're paying Millsap and Gary Harris, you need to be getting more production if you want to beat a team like the Los Angeles Lakers. Meanwhile, you guys got, you got Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris, and all these other guys coming off the bench, barely making any money and they're outplaying your stars. And if the Nuggets really want to make this series, they got to start getting more production from their, you know, veteran and money-making players. Um, as far as the Heat and Celtics are concerned, to be quite honest with you, even though I'm a Heat fan, I thought this was going to be a seven-game series. I still think it has the potential to be that. Um, I really liked the way Boston um, was playing coming into the series. Um, when they were playing the Raptors, I was highly rooting for the Raptors solely because I thought that the Heat would have a better chance of winning because I thought they matched up differently um, to the Raptors and they do the Celtics just because I thought Bam Adebayo would be able to contain Pascal Siakam and then Butler, non-Dragic, all those guys could contain Jimmy Butler and Fred Van Vliet. And have a lot easier time compared to the Celtics who have three really big stars in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker. And even Marcus Smart has been playing lights out in the bubble so far, but right now the Miami is outworking the Boston Celtics. Um, The big reason for that is the Kentucky connection in Miami. The combination of Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero in this series has been unreal. Over the past two games in this series, you have Bam Adebayo going for 27, 16, and 1, 20 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists um, in the last game. Tyler Hero two games ago had 22 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. And then last game, carried the Heat all game to a victory um, to take a 3-1 series lead. As a 20-year-old rookie, scored the second most points ever in an Eastern Conference Finals game, scoring 37 points off the bench with six rebounds and three assists to go along with it. The only other person scored higher than him was Magic Johnson. Tyler Hero is not afraid of the moment. Bam Abayo is not afraid of the moment. The Heat are very, very deep. They can go nine, ten guys onto their bench. Whether it's Andre Iguodala, Kendrick Nunn, Kelly Olynyk, Derek Jones Jr., we've seen Myers, Leonard, Solomon Hill come in and play when needed in the series and be effective. Eric Spolstra is doing an amazing job. Um, and for the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum has been showing up. You know, Jalen Brown's had his moments. Even Marcus Smart has had a decent series, in my opinion, but to be honest with you, even though Kemba might be scoring 18 to 22 per game, he hasn't been enough for the Boston Celtics. Um, I know he's had a little bit of a lingering injury throughout the playoffs, but he hasn't been that dude for them when they needed him to in crunch time. And usually when the game's on the line, Kemba's the guy you want your ball, the ball in the hand of. And in this series, if You look at either team, if a game is on the line and there's only one player you can pick, before the series started, I would have told you the answer is Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker's had a lot of big shots in his career, both college and professionally. Um, Jimmy Butler was a very close second, but in this series, it's been Jimmy Butler. It's been Goran Dragic. It's been Tyler Hero. It's been Bam Adebayo. It hasn't been Kemba Walker. It hasn't been Jason Tatum. You know, the Heat are just look like they have a counter punch for everything the Celtics are throwing at them. And for some reason, the Celtics also just can't seem to figure out the Heat's zone defense at times. And the biggest fear for me as a Heat fan is at any time those three or four players can explode and really just take over the series. And they could easily go on and win the next three games and win this series still. But at the same time, if I'm a Boston Celtic fan, I'm looking over at the Heat and going, you know, Tyler Hero and Bam have really been carrying this team. You know, Dragic hasn't been, you know, the same as he was in the Milwaukee series where he pretty much dominated every game. Jimmy Butler's had a few good games, but hasn't dominated. But the wild card for the Heat is Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson's really only had one strong game um, in these four games so far, and he's capable of dropping 30 on any given night if he gets hot from behind the 3 point arc. and if they get in that trouble tonight or in their next game, if they get through tonight, um, you know, I think it's going to be a really tough matchup if it is Lakers first Heat. I don't think that the Heat are going to go away. I think the Lakers would still be favored to win that series long-term, but um, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, couple games here coming up. I think the Nuggets and Celtics are both too good of teams to go down in five games both ways. Um, I do think they're both going to make this six- and seven-game series. Um, I do end up thinking it is going to be Miami versus the Lakers in the finals, but don't expect the um, Nuggets and Celtics to go away quietly. And then the final topic for today, we're talking about the Stanley Cup Finals. We are three games in. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning hold a 2-1 to series lead. The Dallas Stars stole game one behind 35 save, brilliant performance from Anton Kudobin. Um, since then, the Dallas Stars, or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Lightning have taken the next two games, to take a 2 1 series lead. Tampa's offense has really come to life in the last two games. Um, you know, Victor Hedman and Palat have continued shining throughout these playoffs. Um, Palat has been a huge surprise and I think he's been a huge X factor for this team. I think, you know, Nikita Kucherov and Braden point are getting a lot of credit, but honestly, I think Palat's been the most consistent player for the Tampa Bay lightning throughout this entire playoff. Um, they've obviously been gotten getting some good goaltending as well from Vasilevsky since game one, where he didn't look as sharp. Um, Steven Stamkos did return last game for a short period of time before leaving again. Um, but he did score on his only and first shot since his injury. So really nice to see uh, Stamkos on the ice. And if anything, even if he doesn't play the rest of this series, I think the big thing for the Lightning is that definitely gave them some momentum and almost a spark that they needed. Um, They seemed very sluggish even in their game two win. You know, they had a 3-0 lead in Dallas, started making that run like they had in previous series, but they were able to hold them off. Um, I think going forward, you know, Tampa definitely has the momentum right now, but, if Anton Gudobin continues to play at the level he has, I definitely can see this series going seven games. Um, Tampa just looks tired at times. Um, you know, they're very banged up. Dallas looks extremely healthy. Like I said, Gudobin has been standing on his head in a lot of games. Their defensemen for Dallas have been moving the puck in and out of their zone very quickly. Um, the only thing with Tampa is they can explode on offense at any time. And they can definitely run Dallas out of the building because I don't think Dallas can nearly produce as many points on a given night than Tampa can. But overall, I do think this series is going to go seven games. I do think Tampa Bay is going to come out on top. Um, For some reason, I just feel that Dallas is going to get another game or two here. I think they're going to win game four just because I think Dallas has responded well when they've lost games and they're never afraid when they've been behind before in the playoffs. So to me, I think Dallas definitely has a fighter's chance. But overall, at the end, I think Tampa's kind of, it's kind of Tampa's time. They kind of had that redemption story last year going out in the first round in a sweep to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now they're kind of getting this redemption. They're in the Stanley Cup final. Um, You know, Stamkos comes back for one game, kind of ignites that fire. They go on to win the game pretty easily. And I just think that there's, at some point, I think talent speaks more than just a game overall, and I think Tampa's just the most talented team. I'm um, not saying that Dallas Stars have zero chance of winning it, but um, in order to do that, I think they have to win the next two games. For some reason, I have a feeling that Dallas is going to win this game, tie it up 2-2, two to two, and then I have a feeling that Tampa's either going to win two in a row and win in six, or they're going to win one, lose one, and then they're going to win game seven. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dallas loses this game tonight though because like i said tampa can score um so efficiently that they could easily just run dallas out of the building and take a 3-1 series lead and then beat them in five i think tonight's game is really going to cement the rest of the series if dallas loses tonight i don't think it's going to go seven um if they win tonight i think it does um but overall if i had to give an mvp once the series is over because i think Tampa's going to win i think you do give it to Kucherov although I think Pilat has a strong case even Victor Hedman does he's been playing extremely well especially the past two games but definitely an odd matchup I think everyone really wanted to see Vegas versus um, the Lightning just because it's a lot of high scoring games two good goaltenders um, Dallas kind of that weird team that snuck into the Stanley Cup final and I feel like a lot of people don't really love Dallas me personally I definitely do not like Dallas being a Sabres fan because that still was not a goal um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode, everyone. Appreciate everyone for the support. I will be back on Monday with another episode going over the Bills-Rams game, talking about some potential Sabres trades. And the Buffalo Blue Jays clinch a playoff spot last night. The Toronto Blue Jays beating the New York Yankees to clinch that spot at Salem Field. So really cool that we might be having some playoff baseball in Buffalo. We'll have to see. Um, depends how the rest of the season goes if you give me a follow on instagram at english encore podcast i greatly appreciate like i said check out my interview with laney college head coach john bean from netflix's last chance at you from yesterday click on the igtv section you can watch the full 40 minute interview this has been english encore podcast buffalo's favorite sports channel